Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ask the CEO with Avraham Gatile. Today, I'd like to introduce a very special guest. He leads Forrester's research and advisory for global channels, alliances, and partnerships. It is my pleasure to welcome Jay McBain. Welcome, Jay. Well, thank you so much for having me back. I uh, love this show. I, I tune in often and uh, really, really great to be here. Yeah, it's so great having you back. You know, just thinking back, it must have been like years. Uh, like three or four years, um, you know, since we had you, you were one of the first guests that I ever had. Yeah, I was, uh, I think, running a software company at the time. I was living in New York and now I'm an analyst living in Florida, but life is good. That's great. That's great. So, you know, talking about New York and Florida, you know, these are crazy times uh, for both of our states right now. 2020 has triggered many dramatic changes for businesses. You know, just the name 2020 triggers a lot in many people. Uh, but, you know, we've seen many businesses rapidly shift to a work from home paradigm. Uh, we've also seen a paradigm shift to online or virtual events, among many other dramatic changes that took place this year. One significant change that you mentioned in your article titled, What I See Coming for the Channel in 2020, is that indirect sales will shrink every year for the next decade. Now, this is a little hard to take in because everything that I've learned over the years is that you need a strong indirect sales team in order to grow your business. Does this spell the end of the channel? No, it's actually the opposite. It, it spells a lot of opportunity for the channel, but like every other mature industry, uh, what's happening on the transactional side of the channel is it's a race to the bottom. And you've seen product by product. I worked in IBM and Lenovo for 17 years. And, you know, I saw PCs go from 30% margins down to two when I left. And whether you're in storage or compute, even some infrastructure, even some cloud infrastructure today, I mean, there's some races to zero that are, that are happening. And, you know, I think partners know that the services that these opportunities spawn is where the margins are, in many cases, three to four times. And I look at the, the market. I look at the $3.6 trillion that businesses and governments spend on technology today. About 64% of that goes through the channel, which is fantastic. But that number over 39 years has grown each and every year as a percentage. And what we're seeing now is a plateau. And now COVID has accelerated this decline that I predicted. So some of the things I predicted three to five years from now are actually happening now. You know, we predicted, um, for example, marketplaces. You know, we know at home during COVID, we've gone to brine our groceries. Every day there's a box or two from Amazon on the front porch. I mean, this is our world, but in the business world, that's happening as well. We predicted by 2023 that 17% of all technology bought would go through e-commerce or web direct or marketplaces. And that was three years from now, but we're starting to see that now. Yeah, yeah. And you know, if I look at the broader e-commerce market, we've actually grown more in the last three months than we did over the last 10 years. It's an unbelievable hockey stick curve going upwards. And this is just the start of things to come. I like what you say about the new model, you know, especially when it comes to the race to the bottom and, and services really being that value add because products are commodities. They can be bought better, faster, cheaper somewhere else but it's your service that sets you apart. Yeah, we're starting to learn a lot more about what I call a multiplier effect. 
and I'm studying businesses like, uh, you know, a great example is Salesforce, which is they're actually out recruiting 250,000 partners. That's what they need to actually double the size of their revenue from 20 to 40 billion in the next four years. An amazing amount of partners. The fact of the matter is none of those partners are going to be resellers. They basically shut down their resale program. They're sending everything to the app exchange from transaction. But for every dollar that flows to Salesforce, there's $4.65 that flows into the channel. Whether you're a system integrator, whether you're a managed service provider and a VAR, whether you're a uh, ISV, whether you, you know, are an accountant or a digital agency, there's 16 different kinds of businesses that benefit off of that $4.65. Today, that $4.65 is growing to $5.80, by the way, in a few years. So it's a growing opportunity. But today it comes at 75% margin. So many cloud products are sold and the average cloud deal comes with seven different products that need to be installed, implemented, integrated, secured, made compliant, business continuity, all the great infrastructure stuff. And over time, I believe it'll be measured and monitored and, and, and remotely. So it'll be part of a managed services. Today it's not, it's a project. But we're in this element now where the average MSP might be making 17% margin, whereas the average cloud services project is running at 75. Wow, that's incredible. So let's take this one step further. In your article, you mentioned that the channel model is evolving to what is known as a, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, trifurcated channel, uh, or in plain English, it means a model that's divided into three different branches. So when I think of a channel partner, I'm thinking sales and service. That's the most traditional model uh, that we all know about. Can you elaborate on this new model? Yeah, so sale and service is two of the three. Uh, the other one would be build. So very simply, many companies out there in every industry are starting to learn a lot more of their customer. It's called the customer journey. It's called journey mapping. If you understand your buyer, if you understand your customer, and every moment in that buying journey, up until the point they make vendor selection and then go and transact, the more you know about that, the more interesting it becomes. The first thing that jumps out at you know, every company in every industry is 75% of world trade goes indirectly. And they've spent the last 20 years building up their sales and marketing and direct and everything else, but they're doing journey mapping and looking at every moment and they're learning that the majority of moments they're not in or they don't own. It's your partners that are in those moments. And there's whole new business models that used to be in consumer, like Kim Kardashian, influencers, affinity, affiliates, advocates, ambassadors, super connectors. But in the B2B space, partners play a big role in that early journey. It's probably your partner's ebook that they're reading or your partner's podcast, like you. They're listening to your podcast and how they're getting influenced. So when you look at that broader influence ahead of you know, making a vendor selection, it is critically important that you build this third part of the channel that influences your buyer early and often. And now with COVID, things are turning much more digital. Customers are getting to vendor selection without ever talking to a salesperson. Yeah, yeah. you don't have that in-person interaction anymore to influence that. Yeah. Or even over the phone or Zoom. I mean, they're not really looking to be in the traditional sales and marketing funnel anymore. It's frustrating for customers to go through that funnel. Uh, so what they're doing is trying to avoid it. 
they're trying to say within my community, within the people that I follow, within the things I read and the places I go virtually today, you know, how can I build enough intelligence to go and build my seven layer cake without ever talking to a salesperson? And over half the people are now doing that. So it's spooking a lot of big companies. Like if you're a Microsoft or Cisco or a big player in this industry, knowing that you're losing deals without ever knowing there was a deal mm. has got them into this early influence. There's also ISVs and there's um, emerging tech companies that play heavily in that early stages. There's 800,000 emerging tech companies today. IoT, AI, automation, blockchain, quantum. There are 175,000 software companies today. That's up from 10,000 10 years ago. There's going to be a million of them, I predict, in 10 years. And they're going to be very much in front of your customer early and often. And they're trying to be one of those seven layers of the cake. So understanding ecosystems is really understanding the future of business. And, you know, the smaller players are pretty much on even footing with the big players when it comes to this, this new model because even the big players are trying to understand what, the, you know, what it is and, and how things are changing. Yeah, it's interesting. Accenture just did a big survey globally of all the CEOs in every industry, of every size of business, in every country. 76% of CEOs think that their current business model will be unrecognizable in five years. That's every business. Whether you build forklifts, whether you build paperclips, whether you build computers, it doesn't matter. You're becoming a subscription business. There's a high likelihood you're becoming a tech business. And the dealership channel that you set up, you know, 50 years ago is going to be eclipsed. It's going to be there and it's going to be transactional for you, as well as the marketplace and other things. Uh, but this whole ecosystem of when you become a subscription in a technology-based company explodes in terms of influence, in terms of the actual vendor selection transaction, and then downstream, what I talked about, that $4.65. Every company has this multiplier number. Every company that manufactures or, or provides solutions provides an amplification or a multiplier into the marketplace, which is called ecosystem value. And it's partners that need to be smart in terms of understanding the pie chart. 64% of that $4.65 is professional services. Understand the 17 professional services that drive that number. So for every dollar Salesforce gets, you could be getting $2. So they get 100 grand, you get 200. Yours comes in at 75% margin. You've built the skills, you've built the practices, you've built the know-how to succeed in front of their buyer early and often. That's the model of the future. So that's a great segue into the next question. So we're all familiar with the term customer experience. You know, you got to take care of your customers if you want your business to be around. Now, you talked about a growing trend in the B2B channel called partner experience. What does that mean and why is it important? Yeah, so when you do the customer journey mapping and you do each of these moments and things like that, the end goal is a positive customer experience. Whether you're buying a car, whether you're buying a loaf of bread, it doesn't matter. The fact is from the first time you're hungry or the first time you need to go somewhere, every moment along the way to the point you transact to after, you know, how that car is serviced or how all of that fits is the customer experience from start to finish. It's not just how you sell, it's not how you market, it's customer service, it's customer experience, it's customer success, it's your website, it's your social sites. I mean, there's a lot that goes into customer experience. What people are learning, again, 75% of the world goes indirectly. 
there's a partner experience that overlays that almost exactly. Partner experience for 39 years has been defined as gold, silver, bronze pyramid schemes, trying to get you up on the resell channel. But 80% of new partners coming into this mold are not resellers. They don't resell anything. They get their money elsewhere. So how do you build a partner experience that you can bring somebody, you can recruit them, onboard, educate, train, certify, incent, motivate, drive loyalty, sales enable, co-sell, co-market, manage, measure, report. How do you do those hundred things that fit below those titles in every partner example? Whether you're a reseller or not, whether you're one of those three trifurcating channels, it doesn't matter. You've got this ecosystem of committed, engaged, partners that you're collaborating with every day and driving the ball forward. That's the new partner experience that is complex, but the custom, the vendors that get this right are, are really yeah. seeing high growth at this point. So Jay, what does the future of marketing look like for B2B emerging technology companies? So I think the future of marketing, and you saw you know, roughly 10 years ago, uh, the new CRO position chief revenue officer, which for you know, the longest time we've always fought with sales and it's been this head-on collision. The idea, let's put this under a single leader and understand that marketing and sales are glued together. From the point of you know, marketing qualified leads, top of funnel, right down to close, both teams need to be working together. Well, I view this as a trifecta. You know, with 75% of your business going indirect, your partner team, your channel team, has to be in that group, reporting to that same CRO. And the marketing needs to be as much to, through, and with your partners as it does with your customers. It needs to be through community marketing and management, what they read, where they go, the top people that influences them. A big part of my research is looking at influencers at scale, looking at a new market and looking at the broader influencing the influencers at getting at that market which is an ecosystem play. That's the future of marketing. By the way, partners need to think about their own ecosystem. You're not gonna grab all of that $5 multiplier yourself. There's just no partner out there that's all things to all people all the time. Even you know, Accenture, which has 450,000 people, is not gonna grab um, even the majority of that because you know, of the infrastructure and all the other things that go into it. So looking at your own ecosystem, I always tell partners, like the next time you're at a customer after COVID, look through the guest book. And 81% of accountants are now doing tech services. 78% of digital agencies are now doing tech services. Everyone is flooding in. So the high likelihood that everyone is signing in the guest book to see your customer, there's an 80% chance they're talking about tech. And you need to know who these people are. You need to get into those conversations. And if 65% of cloud is bought outside of IT today, you need to make sure that you're doing playing the adult in the room in those projects and engaged and you know, working with others in your own ecosystem to make sure that your services are plugged in again early and often in front of that customer conversation. So it's a different world where you're now thinking about your own channel as a partner and knowing all the movers and shakers in your own market and influencing the influencers at scale. Great, so uh, Jay, for our listeners who are channel professionals or for those that might be considering working in the channel, what kind of future can they expect for their careers? 
Well, there's a bunch of different skills that work. Um, community management is different than being a channel account manager of the past. You know, it's more of a sales approach and a, you know, one-to-one or one-to-a-few type of sales model. An ecosystem approach makes you one of these community leaders. Your comfort from moving from this podcast into uh, uh, an event and then writing a blog about it and then doing social media and then, you know, when we're allowed out, our, out of our houses again to go to the hotel lobby bar at night, this ability to influence the influencers, to understand what people read and where they go, to be able to go and figure out who the top 100 people are that most influence your market, and then get to those 100 people, know who they are, know, you know, they can pick you out of a police lineup, they know enough to be dangerous, get them to the point where they're endorsing you, unprovoked. That skill level is completely different than what a channel account manager or early channel career would look like in the past. And the ability to be a mediator, the ability to be uh, you know, a, an influencer yourself is gonna be such a critical skill as a channel professional in the future. So Jay, how can people connect with you? So I'm all over. Uh, if you wanna link in with me, I'll answer your questions there. Uh, Twitter, if you want to send me a question there, Facebook, my email is jmcbain at forrester.com, the letter J, McBain at forrester.com. But I'm pretty omnipresent. Uh, Whatever channel you like to communicate in, I'm probably there. Uh, Feel free to just ask a question. Or if you're looking for any of these data points or a chart or anything behind it, happy to hand it over. Awesome. Jay, do you have any parting words of wisdom that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, I mean, we're in a tough situation with, with COVID, uh, as well as pandem, um, pandemonium in, in many areas. So, you know, we're, we're going to be another year of, uh, there's a 60% probability that we don't recover till mid-2021. There is a U-shaped recovery as well. It won't snap back as quickly as we had hoped. Uh, so we got to bear down. We got to look at where the opportunities are. We got to listen to our customers. At scale right now, they're talking about automation. They're talking about cloud acceleration. They're talking about uh, things like uh, security uh, of this new remote topology of everybody working at home. They're talking about things like customer experience and partner experience, e-commerce marketplaces. Start to gear up where the opportunities are and where the dollars are gonna be spent. And this will not only help you weather the storm for the next year, but it'll help you weather the next 10 years and really build some you know, highly profitable uh, practices around your business. Jay, thank you so much for sharing your time and your wisdom. I really enjoyed having you on the show. All right. Thanks as always.